Welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, as always, Alex, and with me today I have Brad. How are you, Brad? Good yourself? Yeah, very good, very good. Um, it was good. it was an unfortunate result on the weekend, however, for City. Um, we had we had a great win midweek last week against Preston, and then typical City, we go to the bottom club in the league, 17 games without a win, uh, and we come away with a 3-1 defeat. So. Uh, I, I guess, you know, it's been a great run of form that the side's been on and um, it's not to say that that's suddenly come to an end, but is it concerning at all from your point of view at, at the manner of the loss or is it just sort of one of those flips on the road? Um, well, like you said at the start, it's something we're getting used to at times, <laughs> um, but I think probably as much as everyone's in the same boat, we still probably uh, looked a bit slow, looked like we were second to the ball a lot and probably didn't have... Uh, that I don't know whether, whether it's just the, the quality over the whole week to run three effectively three three teams in the week yeah um, and that still seems to be the fact and I mean look to be fair to the manager and the players you, you still look through that team sheet um, and other than the obvious sort of Bow and Irvine you know combinations it's still only half a season old not even yeah. So you know what it's like in this division, mate. You've got to get bogged in, play a lot of games in a lot of pressure situations, and we've still got guys fighting their feet. I mean, it's, so it's, that's the only positive I can take out of it at the moment. Yeah, I mean, you look back on uh, that season under Bruce. Uh, was it fifteen, sixteen when we we went up? But we would typically have those sorts of midweek games where guys like Diami. Huddleston, um, Hernandez even, who looked really sluggish midweek after we'd, we'd knock off a side 3-0, 4-0 on the weekend and then we'd have a 1-1 draw or we'd lose the game during the week because, like you're saying, to effectively get these guys to be playing three games um, in a week is pretty tough and, and, and that's seasoned professionals and now we've got a side that's, you know, pretty much half or more uh, young players. You look at your Lopez, who's 21, I think, or 20, uh, Keen Lewis Potter, who came off the bench, got his first senior goal, which was fantastic to see. Um, you know, Bowen's not that old himself. He's 22. So as much as we sort of uh, put a lot of pressure on his shoulders because of his goal-scoring record, he's uh, he's only a couple of seasons into his senior career. And, and, and those, you know, the, the, the year upon year of pre-season fitness and so on hasn't had an effect to that extent yet. And, and these guys just can't back up three games in a week, potentially. And you probably even just going back to that 15, 16 side, that's probably the difference still. You know, back then we had what we would think now is almost two starting 11s yeah. in the squad. You know, there was guys like, you know, Luco not getting in a run. And, um, Luco. Uh, we had, you had young guys Maguire. pushing up. You know, yeah. that's, that's obviously when Maguire was finding his feet. Yeah. You know, we had, we had guys knocking down the door. Yeah. Um, and whereas at the moment we're, we're sort of trying to manage ourselves through a week, it's a yeah. different, still a different mindset to them. But having said that, the, you've got to take the good with the bad. The Preston result was great. It shows that when we're on song, we're on song. The problem is, is to, to end up in that top four, top six. This is where you just put Barnsley away every every week. 
it, it, and it that's is still our failings from the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, that that is right. And you know, we we, we don't have that consistency yet to call ourselves a, a top six side. But it, it is funny if you think. If you reverse the results, if you said we'd come away with a 3-1 defeat to Preston and we'd smash Barnsley 4-0, you'd probably say that's a great set of results, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you take yep. the 3-1 loss to Preston, they're a good side, what have you. Um, but cool, look, we went and put away Barnsley. So it's funny that when you flip the results, it, it kind of tells a different picture. But then at the same time, you'd be saying, well, we're still that little bit off the top six because we can't beat a side like Preston. So it's that consistency that we need. Um, I guess the, the, the main positive from the game you sort of touched on there that in the past we've had young players pushing for a start and we do have a few at the moment as well um, particularly in the form of Keen Lewis Potter who became the first Hull-born player to score a goal for us since 2011 which was Nick Barmby um, scoring in that season so it, it's it's kind of funny when you look back on yes we've had quite a few academy products come through the side and obviously uh, Jared Bowen the most predominant of those isn't Hull-born um, there hasn't been another Hull-born player who scored a league goal for us in that time. I think Josh Tymon scored a goal in the League Cup, but, yeah, no one in the league. Oh, OK. No, that's good. That's good stat, mate. You've done your homework well. <laughs> yeah. I think I have to credit, uh, it was Phil Buckingham I saw uh, tweeted that one out this morning, <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll pinch that one off him. But it, it's, it's still quite remarkable. And, look, it's great to see... Um, hopefully another natural goal scorer emerge from the reserves or the academy uh, and this time you know one who's really truly hull born which could really sort of uh, uh, um, uh, be someone that the, the supporters identify with yeah definitely yeah well we'll move on from that that pretty disappointing defeat to Barnsley we'll look ahead hopefully to better signs this weekend against Stoke in a similar sort of position to Barnsley they've had uh, I think it's three losses in their last five games so really uh, look, they, they've sacked Nathan Jones, their manager. They've brought in Michael O'Neill, the, I think, still current Northern Ireland manager. So you don't see that too often where there's a manager juggling international and domestic football. Um, mm. And they've had a couple of results. You kind of get that new manager bounce, but nothing to say that they've really turned a corner and they've really started to improve. No, and I think probably the only danger there is they're obviously down the bottom, similar to Barnsley. Um and looking through some of the results that Stoke had had, uh, obviously they beat Barnsley, so that's a good start. But even against Blackburn, I think they lost 3-2 or 2-1, the same as Barnsley did. Um, they only lost a 1-0 to Cardiff. Like, You know what it's like in this division. Yeah. We still go on about that the bottom team could beat the top team on its day. Um, it's just one of those ones where we've got to say, well, look, we're, we've got to prove to the manager that last week was a blip. We're playing at home. Um, we've had a week, normal week, you would hope, between matches. Um, fingers crossed pretty much the first full-strength 11 for the fortnight and no excuses. And, and look, I guess Stoke are a, a different kettle of fish to Barnsley in that they've actually got quite a good squad of players. It's just that they don't yeah. seem to be performing this season. Um, you look, you know, they've still got their Joe Allen um, in the side. Someone that we know very well is Sam Klukas, who will be returning to the KCOM. Um, there are quality players in that side who on their day can turn it on and, and produce quite a strong result. So um, it's a team that, that we'd be very wary of. Yeah, I think if I... Look, it's not that we should be arrogant or overconfident. If we're playing away, I'd have a real fear. Um, just because, obviously, going to Stoke's not great at the best of times. But... Um, I just think that this is the one where, unfortunately for Stoke, we got our pants pulled down and we've got to turn it around. 
Is, is there any um, major changes to the side that you'd make? Would you, for instance, look at a Keen Lewis Potter and say he's full of confidence, he's just scored his first goal, he'd be itching to go? Would you throw him in from the start against Stoke and see what he does with a start? Um, look, I'm still not sure. I still think, yes, it would be a great, you know, fairy tale for him to start and so on. But I also think as well that we've, we've basically got to look at what is this team that is going to drive us up the table in the second half. And we've got, we have got a bit of quality in that squad. There is guys that should be fighting for their spots. But having said that, I don't think up until Barnsley on the weekend, we thought we had too much problems. Um, I still think that if you look at the way Bowen plays as well, he does benefit more being able to be a bit freewheel and free-spirited rather than having to be, you know, let's say the number two forward, um, or even though he's our number one forward. Um, but, but yeah, look, it, I think it depends as well on what, what learnings we got from the weekend. Clearly, Barnsley opened us up in that second half when maybe we thought it was just going to happen. And so maybe from the manager's perspective, the one thing that I did notice, um, and bear bear in mind it wasn't the whole game, but Lewis Potter did do a lot of running. Yeah. And if we're really trying to say, look, defensively over the whole pitch, you've got to start pulling your socks up and and playing that team team game, like we saw Irvine do earlier in the year, getting a long way back and, and helping out, then maybe that's the week to start it. But um It'd be interesting to see. I don't think the manager's probably even got it 100% set yet either. Yeah, and it's an unfortunate one because we looked so good against Preston. A lot of people would have said that's clearly our best 11. But unfortunately yeah. from that side, um, McGinnis has um, suffered a hamstring injury, so he's out for a little while. Um, Kevin Stewart's also out until February, I believe, which is a pretty... Uh, awful turn of events, although, you know, silver lining of that being he hasn't been as vital a player in the last couple of months as he was at the start of the season. Um, mm. But it does mean that we're basically down to our bare bones up forward with Eve's really our sole striker. I think Bullock is still injured as well. I haven't really heard a whole lot about him in recent weeks. Um, so it does sort of limit our options there. I mean, obviously, the other alternative is uh, the formation that we had tried recently of Bowen up top on his own, essentially, and uh, Bowler and uh, Grzycki out wide. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, there was something about that that didn't sit, is, is that Bowen seems to be, you know, you look at he does his best work almost just outside the box. Yeah. And I felt sometimes that when he was leading the line, he really is, he, he's almost too deep for where you want him to be. You want him to be able to turn those defenders inside out of pace. Um, we know he can still get to the back stick and can still do all his usual you know, forward prowess that he's got. I don't know. It's just even looking at the way that lined up, Irvine used, looked like he was playing very defensively. Whereas, you know, even up until the Preston game, there's times there where Irvine, Grisicki, they, they were playing really good balls almost sideways and turning defenders inside and out. I just feel like Bowen right up the top on his own is not the answer. Um, and it almost looked like sort of Honeyman was playing a pseudo forwards role as well. It just didn't seem to quite fit. Yeah, yeah. It looked like um, perhaps he was looking for answers after uh, the McGinnis injury. Um, considering, yeah. considering that in that Preston game we had McGinnis up top, and then as you're saying, Bowen in that sort of free role behind him, which 
gave him a lot more uh, a lot more freedom to do to do his thing. Which I, I agree. I sort of when you've got a player in that sort of form, uh, you just say to them, you 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 know where the ball is, you know where the goal is. Just do your thing. Just run where you need to be to to put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, and and I mean, I, I know it's a little bit different. Um, with, with some of the changes that were made. But I can't help but think as well that Bowen would play better off someone like Eves and not being that focal point. And then that would have pushed that midfield back into what I would say is a normal formation. But certainly if there was patches against Barnsley where Irvine looked like he's playing the holding role. Right. Yeah. And just didn't look... I'm not saying it was intended to be that way because we know he does track back when he needs to. But it was almost like this pseudo four four two, but Honeyman's up there and Irvine's back and it just didn't seem to fit. Um, and again, that's that gets back to the cattle if we haven't got a good spread across the whole pitch. I mean, if you look at a couple of options we had on the bench, certainly when Eves came on and um, Lewis Potter came on, it did change the way that worked a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, do you have a score prediction for this one? Um... I'm, I just have this feeling that we will actually bounce and just do them 2-0. I think we'll get our back four or be, you know, I, I think our line-up will be back to what we think it should be. Um, and with that in mind, I think probably the most disappointing thing against Barnsley is we're against the bottom side and I don't even know, other than the goal, if we had a shot on target. Yeah. And that's just got to turn around. I think defensively, I know we conceded three and that looks bad, but Really, it was two, let's say. Um, and our defence has been very resilient this year. I think we will make it tough for them. Um, we've just got to get our goal scorers back up in the right spots. Yeah, it, it seems, um, you know, if we have our, our next away game um, midweek next week, uh, which we'll cover at the start of next week, but if, if in our next away game we similarly struggle, I guess it's, it's against Leeds, so it's a little bit different. But Middlesbrough... Barnsley, both away games where we really struggled. Middlesbrough, we were fortunate to get that red card to sort of turn the tide in our favour, but we've really struggled away from home in recent times. I, I'm, I'm not as confident as you at home. I think we'll probably scrape past 2-1, potentially. I think they will score a goal. Um, but look, if we can get a 2-0, 3-0 sort of win and get back to winning ways, I think that would be um, fantastic indeed. Um, mm. Just before we head off, uh, our football flashback of the week uh, is against the opponent that we have next week. Uh, Leeds, um, around this time, back in the 2012-13 season, we had a fantastic 2-0 win against Leeds, uh, which was actually our first league double over Leeds in about 35 years, or 30, no, 25 years it was, my maths is not great, 1987-88 season, so 25 years. Um, under Steve Bruce, the season that we were to go on and get promoted, um, my memory of looking back on, on that game was it was almost the best game that we played that season. We had bigger wins that season, but the football that we played against Leeds that day was uh, was phenomenal. And uh, we scored two goals in the second half from Corey Evans and uh, David Myler, about three or four minutes apart. Uh, and it's interesting looking at the lineup that day. I, I have a feeling it must have been... Um, I'm not actually even sure why it was Jakubovic in goal for that game, but it was Jakubovic in goal, which was kind of funny seeing him in that lineup, considering he uh, he wouldn't really uh, capture a spot in the team for another couple of seasons under Marco Silva. Um, but then we had Chester, Fai, uh, Hobbs as our back three, Brady Elmo as our fullbacks or our wingbacks, midfield of Evans, Myler, Corrin, Quinn, 
and then Aluko up top. So it was sort of that quintessential championship team where we uh, where we um, were able to knock off the lead side for the second time that season. Do you, do you have any memories of this one? Look, not many, but I do remember um, we played at home, and yeah. I thought it was Boxing Day, but it definitely wasn't Boxing Day. It was around that that time where you play a whole heap of games in two weeks. But um, if I remember, it was probably the first time I realised how good Robbie Brady was. Yeah. Um, and I think it was, if I remember, I think we got three or four corners in a row where he was taking them, obviously, and just whipping them in. Um, to be honest, I didn't even know who David Myler was, other than we got in from Sunderland, I think, and that's all I knew. But um, it was probably one of those ones, like we've seen before with... Um, and I'm going back even further here when John Parker, I think, scored against Leeds. Oh, I know Windass, Windass did. One of the two big boys did. It just means more than anything. Um, and probably the only time that I love beating them is when we're not expected to. Um, you know, people write us off as, oh, yeah, Leeds are top and whatever. Well, if we stuff them next week, it's going to look even better and feel pretty good around town anyway. So um, at this point in time, I don't remember the game a lot. I do remember um, it was one of my least favourite kits, if I remember. It was one of the Adidas ones. It was a bit boring. I think we had a good away kit that year, but not such a good home kit. Um, But no, I mean, it's always pretty special. And I remember going back even before some of the forums and all those sorts of things started, you know, the Leeds away games where, you know, they're going to bust the supporters in and can't get in unless you've got a ticket and you've got to leave. All that sort of stuff from afar was really cool to listen to and just made you want to beat them ten times more. So um, I don't remember that specific game too much, but I would imagine knowing that it was Leeds, we would have had a good crowd and to beat them in front of a good crowd is always a good thing. Um, well, I'll tell you, I think you've got a be- better memory than, you, when you, than you're giving yourself credit for because that David Myler header was, in fact, from a Robbie Brady corner. Oh, uh, well, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, it's a very specific... <laughs> Did you say David Myler header? Yes, it was a header. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. very rare one. Well, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it, 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 was, it, was, it was the games between um, Boxing Day and uh, New Year's. So it was, I think, there would have been a game on Boxing Day and then this was a couple of days later. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, as you're saying, the, the, the wins against Leeds when it's unexpected, um, which, similar to the win that we had last season against them by the same scoreline, um, are always a bit sweeter, and it's sort of shaping up that way next week that, um, you know, all the odds are against us. They're, they're in fl- you know fantastic form flying at the top of the table, and if, uh, if we're to go there and knock them off, I think it would be fantastic. Um, but, of course, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more next week um, after the Stoke result, which hopefully... We'll see us bank the three points and uh, get a bit of form back under our under our legs and uh, and give us a bit more energy and motivation beating Leeds. But uh, until next week, thanks for joining me, Brad. Awesome. Thanks for having me. No problem. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. It will be a, an extra special episode next week. It will be our 100th episode of the Tigers Down Under, so make sure that you tune in for that one. And until then, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. This is on fire. We're going higher and higher. There's no turning back because you're out.